Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the B2B. I'm your host this week, Nicholas, and yeah, we're we're back for a second week in a row. Mark is with me from last week, and yeah, this week we have Sobani back, finally. Um, it's good to see you back, Sobs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Great. Um, you know, um, you guys might probably feel the, you know, the aura, you know, Ramzan's not with us this week. Uh, he's basically giving himself a holiday out of nowhere, but it's fine. I think he deserved uh, a bit of rest. I think he's, you know, me and him have actually been on every single episode. So I don't know, maybe my chance is also coming. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, guys, I think uh, it's time to get through the topics for this week. Uh, a, lot has hap- a lot has actually happened uh, quite recently, uh, just in the past week. But uh, I actually want us to start with maybe the most shocking news of the week, and that is Sean Dyche getting sacked by Burnley Football Club. So can you give me some thoughts on this? Because I know that pretty much every single time Sean Dyche has actually, you know, faced a sacking, you've always backed it. Nah, they'll, they'll never do it. But then all of a sudden they've done it this time. What are your thoughts? I, I really didn't see it coming, to be fair, because as as you rightly put it, he's gone. He's brought Burnley up, gone back down, brought them up again, gone back down again, and brought them up again numerous times. And it was fitting that he was the man for the job. And there was no whisper. There was no whispers or, or rumors uh, with regards to his sacking. It was a shock to the world, I think. And I think a lot of people did find it shocking and surprising like myself, but I don't know, man. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what they're thinking, but uh, it's sad to hear, disappointing to hear. You know, in the in the midst of all that, you know, they actually just recently played West Ham, I think, and still managed to get a point out of them. And I'm just thinking to myself that, are they trying to say that Sean Dyche couldn't have gotten that one point? Like, are they trying to say that he couldn't have managed to... um? you know, like actually try and save them. Or in fact, if they did go down, isn't he the only manager remotely that could actually bring them back up? Because no one knows those players better than Daesh, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, that was that was a weird one. I, I, I don't know what the thinking was. I have no idea what, they, what they're expecting from the rest of the season. I honestly thought that if they kept Sean Dyche and if everything went went to plan, I thought that Sean Dyche would have saved Burnley and Everton were going to go down. Now, I'm not so sure. I think uh, I think it will be tough. I know they got the point against West Ham, but I think it's going to be tough for them to, to stay afloat. I mean, they don't even seem to have a, a manager in place. I saw Ben Mee was on the touchline today. The assistant manager, the first coach, all of them were like, um, I don't know how many people they have in charge of the team now, but yeah, it just it's just not a good look for Burnley at the moment. No, no, you know, understood. But then, you know, it's, it's a very tough one. I think this is actually one of the most random sackings of the season. I think we've seen we've seen quite a few sackings happen, but then you know the likes of Rafa Benitez, the likes of Nuno Espirito Santo, and you know some of these other managers that have actually gone out. You kind of saw it coming. Uh, but then, you know, this one still very shocking. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a legend of the game. And I think we're going to miss, you know, 4-4-2 and, you know, those long ball tactics, to be fair. Um, but then, yeah, I'm, the Premier League. I'm going to miss his, his voice and his <laughs> interviews. Those are so, those were so epic. His, his press conferences, those were epic. I'm going to miss those. 
Yeah, no, that that guy that guy actually, you know, pretty much, you know, sometimes he'll be talking like Arsene Wenger after a certain match, like as if he's some, you know, football philosophist or a philosopher, you could say. But yeah, it's um it's time to move on for Burnley by the looks of it. But um they still have a chance to actually stay up. We don't know whether they're gonna get Big Sam or not, but you know, there's still there's still a chance they could stay up if Everton don't wake up uh, as soon as possible, since Everton did manage to beat um United. Uh, in the previous week, I'm not really sure if they played yet. Everton, I don't think they have, but yeah, there's still there's still a big chance for a, a swing between 17th and 18th. Uh, just to move on, uh, there's also been uh, FA Cup stuff over the past weekend. Uh, we actually saw a very good game in the end between Liverpool and Manchester City, but then also suddenly that seemed to be in it probably inevitable that Liverpool are going to win the game because of all the injuries. Uh, I'll actually just tie this in with the Champions League. Mark, did you uh, manage to catch the second leg of Atleti and uh, Man City? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. It was on Wednesday night, and uh, that's when I have football. So I literally only caught, um, caught the last few minutes when everything, when all hell broke loose and the players were all in each other's faces, and I saw the, the Grealis and Savage incident. But apart from that, I didn't see much football. So, did you manage to see the the entire game, or at least the best parts of it? So yeah, I saw the whole game. I did catch the whole game. Um, I wish I wish I watched the Liverpool game instead, but. Yeah, no, I did. I did get to see the Atleti game, which had nothing doing really. Not many opportunities were given or were had by either side. Um, but yeah, just the violence and 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 the dramatic. Uh, it was interesting to see Pep Pep defending for once in his life, in, instead of going on the front foot. But yeah, no, interesting dynamics there. It was a good game though. Yeah, I don't know. Like, of course, people would have rather watched Liverpool Benfica. I also wish I I rather watched that game because it ended three three. But then it was it was probably like one of the most entertaining nil nils. If you want an entertaining nil nil, I don't even know if that's fair. But like, I think pretty much without the you know the time wasting and the fights and um, all of the very weird behavior on um, on both sides of the park, I guess yeah, like it probably wouldn't have been a very special game as far as that's concerned. But I think yeah, it's good to see City doing that rather than you know them seemingly always being the best football team in the world sometimes but uh yeah uh very interesting at that but then i think the standout result which we have to look at is the fact that Villarreal managed to knock out Bayern Munich from the Champions League and so i'll just throw this back to you Unai Emery was sacked by Arsenal but then now he's in the Champions League with Villarreal and he's reached a semi-final were we too harsh on them <laughs> you know, Nick, when you put it like that, I feel like um, context is very important uh, when you're looking at scenarios and, and stories. And in Arsenal's case, he had uh, obviously inherited a Wenger side, which was struggling. And in his first season, did finish fifth and reached a cup final. No, that was the next year. No, he, he did finish fifth, just missed out on top four. That was a good start. Um, he got some money in the bank. He got to spend on uh, splash on a few players. And the following season is when now he was going backwards. 
So maybe maybe the board were too harsh in the sense that they didn't give him time, perhaps. But and again, at the time, you have to you have to understand that the expectations were still very high uh, from the board for him. So they expected him to better what he did the previous season. So him going backwards was almost, um, yeah, it wasn't taken well. So maybe perhaps time is the only aspect that he should have been gifted more of. But I guess, you know, <laughs> life is funny and, you know, you just have to, you know, you can't argue that. At the time, he didn't argue why Emery got stacked, you know. But now you look at his uh, post-success after leaving Arsenal, you're thinking, oh, why didn't we give him more time and, you know. So you could argue that maybe we could have, because I'm seeing Arteta being gifted so much time, time that Emery wasn't. So maybe, but, you know, expectations change from the board. So I think I'm happy for him, though. I'm happy for him. I love seeing Villarreal do well, because I do like the side as well. Um, they gifted, uh, I loved their, their European success last season against a, a team in particular that I don't like. But yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, it's great to see that he's he's dominating Europe with Etienne Capou and Francis Coquelin in the midfield. But like, I don't, I, I still can't believe I'm actually saying that because you know, some people might consider Capou as a Tottenham reject and maybe Coquelin as an, you know, maybe an Arsenal reject. I don't know. It depends on the perspective of how people thought he was in the Premier League at the time. But uh, yeah, um, very on the semi-final, man. So that that's great to see. I think uh, people thought Ajax were probably going to be in this position. But uh, it seems as though Villarreal are the dark horse team, um, you know, reaching the final four in Europe. Uh, and then pretty much the other results, uh, Liverpool, Benfica. It was pre- it was pretty clear that Liverpool probably going to qualify there. But then, you know, uh, Benfica managed to um, manage. Uh, they actually managed to maybe pull up a bit more of a fight. Uh, there was actually one player in particular which I wanted to discuss a bit. Uh, Darwin Nunez uh, seems to be a Diego, Go- sorry, Diego Forlan uh, regen at the moment. Uh, you know, from Uruguay. He seems to be scoring a lot of goals for Benfica. Uh, Mark, I heard that uh, Man United um, and maybe even Arsenal and some of the clubs are actually in for him. Do you know anything about the player? Or is, uh, that, type, is that type of player the, um, the kind of player that you want United to be linked with if they are to get a new striker? He is young, he's raw, and he's exciting. I, he's far from the finished article. And... I think he's he's a very very exciting prospect. I think I've seen him I've seen him play a couple of times. His he has those kind of natural killer instincts that's so important for strikers to have and I think he's going to be a top top player. I have heard about the rumors. I have heard about United being linked to him and Arsenal being linked to him and some other clubs in in England wanting wanting uh, his services, but I've heard the price tag is 80 million pounds. And for the player he is right now, at this moment in time, I don't think he's worth £80 million. And I think everybody knows, for United at least, we already have a certain £80 million player that everybody goes back to again and again about how much we paid for him. So I don't know if United would be eager or if we should be spending that type of money on any on any player, especially a young player like him. But yeah, he's definitely an exciting player, a prospect for the future. And he managed to to get goals against Liverpool, which, you know, for me was satisfying to watch. As a United fan, you always love to see guys that can score against Liverpool. So yeah, if we if the price tag was different, probably I'd say United go for him. But at the price he's set right now, I don't think so. I don't think we go for him. 
How much do you think he's worth, Mark? Um, how much do I think he's worth? That's a tough question. I think he probably is worth, like, in the high 70s and 80s, but I just don't think United should pay for him, if you get what I mean. Like, I think that price, for the player he is and for his current contract, I think it's good business from Benfica to want £80 million for him. But if I was United, I don't think I'd pay... Oof, this is tough. I don't think I'd pay more than 50 for him. Yeah, I think 50. That's a real question that Nick should have asked you. Is, do you guys even need a striker in the first place? You have Ronaldo. Um, I think we, I think we do need a striker. I think we, we are looking for a young striker. I think we're looking for someone maybe in the shape of a Darwin Nunes. Because Ronaldo, yes, yes, he's Ronaldo. But he can play mm. every game. We, we know and that he's... Oh, Martial, I don't consider him a United player anymore. <laughs> I, I know some United fans will be happy to hear that. But I, I honestly think it's best if we like part ways during the summer. He's gone to Sevilla. I know a lot of United fans are hoping he's going to like uh, refine his form in Spain. But he just hasn't. And I'm thinking that you know probably it's best for us guys to just move on from him. But yeah, so I think... Ronaldo will be our only option next summer because Cavani leaves as well. And I don't know if Martial will be in any sort of form to, to be challenging for that position. So we do need a kind of young, young, fast striker. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's understood. I was actually going to pose the, the Ronaldo question, but I actually want to, you know, maybe expand on him a bit more in the context of the next segment, which is going to be on the top four race. But uh, yeah, so we'll get to that. Um, but um, as far as as far as the rest of uh, the UCL fix is concerned, Real Madrid managed to uh, not comfortably, but they did manage to beat Chelsea on aggregate in the end. Um, you know, Karim Benzema scoring the winner. You know, in in terms of aggregate, Chelsea did did win the game. They actually managed to score three goals at Stamford Bridge, and you almost feel like you know this Chelsea team. If you look at expectations at the beginning of the season, and then you look at how they perform, like you know, in the in the back end, I think recently we just saw that they've actually reached an FA Cup, an FA Cup final. Uh, Mark, do you think that their trophy is coming? Like at least one trophy for them, because it almost feels as if they're always able to get a trophy every season. First of all, I just wanted to say that Real Madrid Chelsea game. I know I didn't watch all the Champions League games, but I watched that one and I watched uh, the Benfica one. Not the Benfica, sorry. I mean the Villarreal and Bayern one. And this game was so entertaining. I think Chelsea came out with the right approach. They came out with no fear and just absolutely swarmed Real Madrid. Real Madrid, for the first, I'd say for the first 70 minutes, didn't have a single answer. And, uh, you know, they even scored that that goal that was, I think, harshly disallowed by, uh, by Alonso, where hit his hand. But, yeah, they was they were so, so, so good. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, I guess Real Madrid have that that bit of quality in the likes of Luka Modric and Karim Benzema. And if you don't take all your chances, they will punish you. And I think that's what happened. Chelsea just, at, in the end, they just weren't clinical enough, even though they scored three goals. But yeah, no, it was a good performance from them. As for the trophy, I I hope, I hope, I really, really hope they win FA Cup because I cannot, I don't know what I'll do with myself if Liverpool um, win the FA Cup. So I, I'm I'm back in Chelsea to win it. I hope they win it. And I feel like Chelsea are a team that always look for trophies and almost always have to win trophies. 
So I think definitely they'll be able to to come to come in clutch. You know, this is I think this team, like this group of players, I think this will be their third FA Cup final together. And I think come on, three times lucky. They've had they've lost two. Surely they win this time. Surely. I know. Yeah, I think I think they'll I think they'll manage to get it through. Hopefully they can play like they did against Real Madrid and get a result in the FA Cup final. Right. Um, yeah, I get that. Um, this probably won't be asked again, but just to finish off this segment, just want to find out who straight away do you think is actually going to win this Champions League trophy? Soaps. I'm actually siding with Liverpool, you know. <laughs> I've seen that they can beat City. Um, yeah, like I understand that. <laughs> so with them being able, them being capable of beating City, I think they're the only ones that can stop City. And if City do end up winning the league, I mean, that's enough. That's more than enough motivation for them to beat them in the final if they lose out to the league. Are they uh, winning the quadru- Are they winning the quadruple? <laughs> no, 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 no. All they're winning is the Champions League. Man. Liverpool aren't going to win anything. You heard it here first. <laughs> They're not winning anything. They won the Carabao Cup. Oh, come on. They won the Carabao Cup. No one cares about Carabao. They're <laughs> no, not going to win champs. You wish you won the They're Carabao. Not, They're not winning the Premier League. They're not winning champs. They're not winning the FA Cup. City are probably going to win the Champions League. You heard it here first. That's controversial, I know. But yeah, you heard it here first. City are winning. Liverpool. No, man. No. Trophyless. They're going they already won the Carabao, Marcus. No one cares about the Carabao, so far, no You cares. wish you had the Carabao. <laughs> you wish, man, you won the Carabao. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, but yeah. They're not, no, no quadruple. In all seriousness, no, <laughs> no quadruple, no treble. Maybe. Not even a, du- not a, even a double. double. A double. No, no. Domest- domestic, or is it, a, is it a cup and league double? Or is it going to be a cup and champions league double? Chelsea... Are winning Chelsea are winning the FA Cup, so they're not going to win that. Man City are going to win the Premier League, so they're not going to win that. And Man City will probably win the Champions League as well. So yeah, Liverpool. No. Sorry, the mud. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I think I think we'll agree we'll agree to disagree on that one. Um, at least you know for you two, I don't know. I I think I'm leaning towards Liverpool as well. Maybe not the quadruple, but then they could realistically win a trouble. I think I think that's very possible <laughs> by the looks of it. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's that's it for this segment, and uh, we're gonna move on to talking about top four. All right. So for this next segment, we are discussing the top four race, but then maybe it should actually be known as the donkey race at this at this stage because it doesn't really seem like anybody's serious. Now I'm not even gonna go into you know too many you know too many of the pleasantries in terms of trying to like sugarcoat things, but straight away, a few weeks ago we all thought that Arsenal was finishing the top four, and now they've lost three three games on the bounce. So Bonnie, what's your what's your reply to this? Because I know that somehow you might spin this in some positive way, but then this is something which we've seen all too often in the past five years in which that club has failed to qualify for the Champions League. It's a, it's a difficult one. It's a tough one to spin around. Uh, reality is that we have declined in form and we've lost our our pattern almost. We've lost our rhythm, I think is the right word. And some will point at injuries. Um, I don't think injuries... I think they, they do they do contribute. But like I think, I don't know if it's tired legs. It's like we thought the season was over in in March. 
I don't know what it is. The concentration levels aren't there. Everyone's so passive. It's difficult to spin it around, Nick, if I'm being honest. But um, truth of the matter is we're still in it. Um, the race is still on. It's not over. It's, we're no longer leading the race. I'll agree that we're no longer leading the race, but we're still in the race. And seven games to go, a lot of football still to be played. A lot of twists and turns I'm expecting to see. And I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. I'm still hopeful, optimistic. I feel like we still could. if, we, But we need an immediate turnaround <laughs> in form and in performances, starting from, starting from Wednesday night against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, that is that is actually very important. But then it also seems like maybe um, I, I remember Graham Potter was uh, saying this in a press conference for Brighton. Uh, he did mention that uh, the the Premier League uh, Manager of the Month award is most certainly cursed because whenever you win it, you go on to have an absolutely mid run in the in the month that follows it because. <laughs> You know, he's just one manager of the month, Mikhail Arteta, and then all of a sudden he literally loses every game after the international break. You know, quite shocking to be fair. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that we all thought that, okay, Brighton, you know, okay, yeah, they, they were better at the Emirates. And then all of a sudden Brighton go and they beat Spurs and you're thinking, okay, maybe that's an opening as well, but they failed to take that chance as well. But what has really, you know, invigorated the situation for Arsenal's perspective, and I'm going to ring Mark in right now, is the fact that all of a sudden you start to realize that Tottenham Hotspur have Kane and Son. And most of the time goals, you know, scoring a lot of goals is what gets you points. And United, for all, you know, how bad they've been, because arguably they have the biggest underperforming squad in the league. But then just because they still have Ronaldo, then all of a sudden it seems as though things are in their favor. He literally scored a hat-trick against Norwich, everybody calling him the GOAT right afterwards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it seems as though that's making the difference at the moment. Mark, so just just let me know. Like You probably thought you didn't have a chance, but then after that, what are your prospects? Um, yeah, before I talk about United, just want to address what Sopani said. He's like, oh, it's, it's a hard one. It's not hard, Soaps. We, that's, we know Arsenal. Those are, that's what you do. You bottle it. We know Tottenham. It's the history of the club. They bottle it. The only guys that are surprising here are United. Because I don't I usually think that we're usually very clinical and we we don't really mess up like like this. I knew I know we do mess up, but not not to this extent. But yeah, no, I think for us guys, Ronaldo obviously there's been a lot of talk. He's like he's the problem. He's the reason that United aren't clicking. But I think that's a load of baloney. I think he's He's definitely been up there with our most, probably our best player, him and David De Gea. And I think he's a reason we're still fighting for top four now. I don't think we'll get top four just because Ronaldo isn't enough. I don't think, I think he's he's really, really good. Don't get me wrong. He's really, really good. But I don't think he's enough to pull up the entire team and take us to to, to, to playing in the in the Champions League next season. I think his goals are important. But then again, if you're being honest, you look at the um, competition, you look at the opponents that he scores against, and most of them are in the bottom half of the table. When it comes to the big teams, Ronaldo, he doesn't score as often. And when Ronaldo's not scoring, United just generally aren't scoring. I think bar Ronaldo, the next closest player with the most goals is Bruno, and he has like nine goals. So he's not, he's not been firing like like he usually is. So, yeah, 
United, if I'm being honest, their prospects not looking too good. I would probably put Tottenham. I'd probably say they, they are going to finish top four. I know Sopani says they're still in the race, but I don't... <laughs> I don't. I don't think you guys. I think both of us, if we're being honest, both both United and Arsenal were were done for. I think it'll be City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, Tottenham that finish in the top four. You watched the Spurs game against Brighton, and they still have Liverpool too. Yeah, coming. no, I, I watched. I watched. I watched that game, and I was like, oh, these guys have been poor, but I still think. I still think as a team, they're good enough to 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 make it through. I think they still have to play you guys. I think they'll beat you guys. I think you guys still have to play us. We'll see on Saturday how that goes. Actually, but actually, Mark, Mark, just just hold on. I actually do have like the run-in for these three teams at the moment. Arsenal at the moment, like you know, in the immediate term, look like they actually do have the hardest because having lost the three games that you think they're gonna win, now they have to go to Chelsea. United are gonna come to the Emirates. They have to go West Ham away. And then there will be Spurs in between Leeds and Newcastle, who are two teams which aren't particularly struggling at this moment as, at this moment in time as well. Spurs, on the other hand, they have Brentford, Leicester. They also have Liverpool away. They'll face Arsenal. And then they're going to have fixes against Burnley and Norwich. United have Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Brentford, and uh, I think uh, the likes of Brighton and Palace. It really but does look. It, it really does look. It really does look like Arsenal do have. The potential to fall away immediately in comparison to these other teams, but then you know I can't be trusted either. So you know, like soaps at this, you know, you're looking at those fixtures. Doesn't this favor Spurs the most? Because I know that Spurs do have the bottle gene in them as well, but they have Conte. Yeah, you rightly put it. They do have the bottle gene, and that's the gene I'm counting on uh. to come in clutch <laughs> <laughs> towards the end of the season, and. The fixture list may say otherwise, but um, I know we are definitely going to get more points than United. We're finishing above United, that's for sure. It's a question of whether we can finish above Spurs, and I think that will be determined by the game against Spurs. If we beat Spurs, then we're definitely going to finish above them. But if they if they get if they do a number on us, then yeah, definitely we'll, we'll miss out on the top four. So I feel like that game is going to be do or die. Uh, it will determine the top four race. So and as for what? As for as for us guys against United on Saturday, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I think we're definitely gonna beat you guys. I know we haven't been in the best of form, but have you seen <laughs> your form? Have you have you watched your team play? <laughs> <laughs> so, buddy, man, what world are you living in? First of all, you guys are not finishing above United. Actually, I don't even want to argue about that. Because that's so inconsequential. Like, whoever finishes out of us guys high, it doesn't really matter. I think who finishes above Tottenham, I think that will be that will be more important. But yeah, no, Soaps, come on. You're lying to yourself. You, you guys aren't going to beat Tottenham. You, have you seen how you're playing? You know, with, I think you're saying injuries. Sorry? It's the North London derby. Anything can happen. Anything. Oh, so funny. Come on. Don't, don't. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. I think you know the truth. I think deep down in your heart, you know the truth. You know that Tottenham are probably playing at a level higher than you. I think, in all honesty as well, Conte is going to be the big difference. Because I think out of all three of those teams, he's probably the most competent manager. And I think he'll be able to, to get the results in the end. So, but yeah, I see. Let's, let's, not forget, let's not forget he has the best attack out of these three teams. At the moment, he has the best attack. 
that as well. Probably the yeah, best balanced because, team as well. Because you know, at the moment, it just it just does feel like Arsenal have nothing up front, and then United, if Ronaldo doesn't turn up, then all of a sudden they just lose the game. But um, you know, we'll see how it goes because you know we can't we can't rule out the fact that you know statistically Kulusevski, Kane, and Son have actually been the most informed strike trio in the league at the moment. And you know, by the way, Son Heung-min has the most non-penalty goals in the Premier League. He's actually better than Salah as far as that's concerned. You know, that's the only thing which is really the red herring for Tottenham, the fact that the attack is on point. But, you know, as Subani mentioned, North London Dar- Derby's, um, you know, usually, you know, form goes out the window. There's still a chance for all three teams, to be honest. Like, as long as there's a mathematical chance, and since all of them can seemingly lose at any point in time, then it's still there for the taking for anybody. So we'll see, we'll see how that turns out. Um, but yeah, I think... You know, we have a game in hand as well. On you guys, Mark. You're forgetting we have a game. We've played less games than you guys. Who is that game had against Sopan? <laughs> that doesn't matter. Who is it against? It doesn't matter. Who is it, it doesn't against? Matter. Oh, look at this Chelsea. guy. <laughs> so, you're not going to win that game. Man, we can't... We, you know, games in hand... Like, this season, haven't games in hand been, like, a curse? I mean... <laughs> That's you guys had loads of games in hand. That's basically, out, that's basically out of the window at this stage. I mean, three losses in the bounds. Like, I think the games in hand thing is quite insignificant. I think goal difference is what really matters at the moment. Spurs are, like, on plus 19, which, yeah. is, like, which is, like, huge. <laughs> that's better than I Arsenal that's and Man you United. Can, you kind of weed out the weak from the strong. And you can yeah. see United and Arsenal, both of us, we both have eight goals as our goal difference. And it's, that's, that's poor. If we're being honest, that's really poor. Yeah, but um, no, I think I'll I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I think we'll look at uh, maybe the next segment at this moment because honestly, top four is a uh, it's a very touchy subject today it seems. So let's uh, get into the final segment. All right. So for this uh, last segment, uh, the box to box, we're uh, gonna make our Premier League team of the season. However, we are only allowed to choose one player from a particular club at a time. So that means that we cannot have more than one player from a single club. So you can't have double up on Liverpool, no double ups or triple ups on City. So that means that pretty much if we've chosen, if we've chosen Cancelo, that means that nobody else from City can make this 11. And well, pretty much same applies to every other club. So I'm going to go right off the bat and put Ramsdale on goal because I feel like that's the only way I can get an Arsenal player in here. Uh, soaps. <laughs> I agree. Then you know, soaps agrees. Then Mark, what are, what are you saying? I actually I had. Uh... <laughs> don't say don't say De Gea because you know, no, I know that he's no, been no, making no. a lot of saves. But I had uh, Jose Sa in goal. Uh, you know, you know, Sa has actually gone under the radar as actually one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Yeah, he he's been really good, really, really good. Yeah, um, he has he has been really good, but at the same time, somehow those clean sheets still have wolves in like ninth or eighth, something like that. Yeah. So no, I think I think unfortunately the the little Arsenal dynamic here is you know kind of like inclines us to put Ramsdale in. Soaps. Yeah. There's no clean sheet. But I'm sure Saz conceded less goals than him. Yeah, I think that's that, that is a good factor. But then obviously that's not necessarily all down to him, is it? Yeah, no, that's true. I feel like it's back three attacks as well, to be fair, because you know, they play with a back three all season. Um so I think no, we'll we'll leave Ramsdale on goal. 
as far as that's concerned. I think, you know, not not too, not too many people have complained about that. I know there's been some reactionary fans out there saying that, you know, because Arsenal have been conceding a lot lately, all of a sudden he's not a good goalkeeper. But, you know, I think it's just, you know, short-term memory in football. Um, so if we're going to go for a back four, I think the left-back position is particularly difficult because we can't go Robertson and Trent. Um, so who do you have for left-back? Soaps, suggestion. Go with Mark. Go with Mark. <laughs> Mark's left back. Uh, I know he's not traditionally a left back, but he's played there a lot of the season. I have gone for Cancelo. So you're going for Cancelo? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. okay, Cancelo. okay. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty easy one to be fair because I was hoping that De Bruyne could actually get into the team. I actually had Marco Correa down as the left back mostly because that takes out a Brighton player. And then allows for more going forward. It's not a bad but, job. Uh, but no, I think Cancelo's Cancelo's actually been a very good player this season. But obviously that means that you don't really have too many city options. Yeah. So so, so you have somebody that should probably be in this team at left back. I know left back's been a very difficult position to actually find people for because it almost feels like there's only three people performing there. Not ahead of Cancelo, no. Yeah, then I guess Cancelo can actually make it straight into straight into left back. Right back, is it going to be straight into Trent, or is it better to just save that for someone else? Ah, uh, now you see, I I saved it I for someone else. Ah, uh, really? Okay, I think I think he should be there. I think he should be there. I think he's been probably the best right back in the league. But if you have Trent, then you can't have Salah. That's tough. Yeah, don't think like that. Don't think like that. No, you have to. You have to think like that. I think. No, honestly, don't think like that. Think of the best player in that position. Like, consider the best player in that position, and then put them in. That's why I said there's no one that gets in ahead of Cancelo as well. So. Mm. All right, all right. No, we can go for Trent then. Yeah, fine. I guess Trent is right back. So centre-backs, now, this is where it gets pretty tricky because now that there's no City or Liverpool players, then who's really left in that position? So I'll just throw in a few names there. Connor Cody, Mark Wahey, or perhaps Joachim Anderson. I don't know. You guys you guys look at those. Centre-backs. Soaps? Rudiger. Rudiger. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're going with Soaps' approach of just go for the best when you have the chance to, I'd say, yeah, Rudiger. Yeah, then I guess I guess Rudiger should be, you know, straight in if that's the case. Because <laughs> I don't lie, like, I, I've actually had, like, a whole 11 out here. And I did put base amount in my midfield. So I think that pretty much cancels that out. Oh, sorry. Mark yeah. misses out. Fine. Rudiger and Sensback. Partnered with Mark Wehi. Partnered with Mark Wehi. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that actually makes quite a lot of sense. I think Mark Wade's actually had a very, very good season. Unless, Mark, do you have somebody else which could actually just, you know, partner Rudy inside that defense? <laughs> I had Ben White in my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben White. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Rams has already been chosen. So I think now we'll, we'll leave Rudigan next to Gwei instead of that team. Uh, so then if we're going to go to the midfield, then I'll, I'll, I'll go straight in Declan Rice. Yeah. That's who I had as well. Are we playing a 4 3 3? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I had Declan Rice as well. Declan Rice, so yeah, pretty much no one else. Um, so inside those two eight positions, I have no idea. I actually don't have anybody in my mind at the moment because De Bruyne out. Um, 
can't can't really have the likes of Thiago or anybody like that. Do you guys actually have anybody there? Maybe Conor Gallagher? <laughs> never never mind. Where do you put Gwehi? Where do you put Gwehi? Like I actually have nobody there. You see, I had I had Conor Gallagher, but now without with Gwehi in, uh, it's quite it's quite tough. Mm. Coutinho. That's a good shot, you know. That's actually a good one. Just my my midfield is actually Rice Gallagher Mount. But now all of a sudden, like yeah, I guess I guess Coutinho is probably somebody which has gone under the radar there. I don't think there's been many CMs that have been better than him this season. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I I'm okay with Coutinho. Then who's the other eight? James Madison. Matters. You know his season hasn't actually been that great, if you ask me. But then yeah, well, maybe, maybe I'd say he's, actually... like, he's coming good close to the end of the season. But like uh, the beginning of the season, he's not been not been much to shout about. Yeah, James Madison. So that's only you know I I can't really think of too many other CMs. Like nobody else has really been getting that many assists this season. But yeah, I think matters. I can actually agree with that one. Him and CM with Coutinho, and then Rice at the base of the midfield. So are we okay with matters then? Yeah. Then if we're looking into the attack, that's where things get kind of interesting. So I think maybe it's best to take a Spurs token. I think Son. I think Son, Son. Kane, probably Son if you ask me. Yeah, definitely Son. Son. Left is there any, like I don't know about you guys, but then is he actually low key like probably the most underrated player in the Premier League probably for the past five years? Because I know that we all know that oh, he's I'm, great, but then but no one really sees him as like I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably because he plays with Harry Kane. So everyone's always kind of looking at Harry Kane and his performances can sometimes go under the radar. But he's, bro, he's phenomenal, especially because he's so good in both feet. And that's such an underrated feature, being able to shoot with your left or shoot with your right. It makes you so unpredictable. And yeah, Son, he's he's up there as one of the best players in the Prem for sure. Okay, fine. So Son, Son's fine with me at left wing. And then at right wing, well, <laughs> is there even any recognized right wingers in the league if you don't have Salah and Mahrez? I was gonna I was gonna go Jared Bowen, but then we already chose Rice, so yeah. I don't really think yeah, of anybody else that plays right wing. Uh, Rafinha. Rafinha. Oh, Rafinha. Yeah, yeah. I you know I completely forgot about him. He's actually been playing, but he, he scores so many penalties though. I don't know. Like I feel like it's a bit of a stat pattern in the league as far yeah, as as far as this level is concerned. I feel like it's hard to get loads of goals in a team like Elise this season because they generally have not been getting loads of goals this season. But he's still been pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, and I think Rafinha's actually been probably amongst the standouts then. Uh, I, I don't think I can actually put anybody else on the right wing, which pretty much we know, um, because most of them probably play on the left or probably play in midfield. Yeah. Uh, so that just leaves the final position, which is the striker position. So I think we'll probably have to go with Ivan to Anjogan. <laughs> I think, yeah, we all know who it goes to. No, it'd have to be Ronaldo. I think that's probably the best possible option there. Yeah, of course. If that's the case, you know, because we don't have Kane, we don't have Jota. Pretty much, I think even this if we a... had all those guys, I'd still go. No, for no, Ronaldo. but then, but then it also shows that it's been a horrible season for strikers this season because like so many people haven't really been like recognized strikers have been scoring this season. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah, so I don't know. Um, what are you about to say, Mark? Oh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, no, the goal scoring this season has been quite 
quite pathetic. I mean, it's Salah at 20, Son at 17, and then it drops to 15, 13, 12, really, really quickly. It's, yeah, not very good. Yeah, so I don't know. I think um, I'm going to have this pencil in. And these are like, this 11 is actually pretty good when you actually look on paper, mostly because these are players which probably will get into an alternative 11, except for maybe a few of them. So just to like run it back, we have Ramsdale in goal, Cancelo at left back, Rudiger center back, uh, right center back was Mark Wahey, right back is Trent, if I'm not mistaken, Rice, Madison, and Coutinho in midfield, and I think one Son, Cristiano, and Rafinha in the front three, which I think, yeah, that's a pretty solid 11 for us, and I think I'll be posting up on Twitter. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, does yeah. it win the league? I don't know, but yeah. Well, I don't think like I don't I think I think the reason why it doesn't win the league is because I don't think you can I don't think you can have two eights like Mad like Madison and Coutinho like yeah. just attacking yeah. and maybe just leaving one six like at the base of midfield. I think I remember Shavi uh, mentioning this in his masterclass video that there's no such thing as a CDM like that in in intense football. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's that's quite accurate. Because, yeah, both of them are quite attacking. They want to play pretty high up. You'd leave Rice exposed. And I don't think... Look yeah. at Leicester. Leicester's midfield is indeed he has a 6, 2 eights in Madison and Tillemans. Uh, but Tillemans is still a little bit more defensive, I'd say. And even though, look at them. Look at, where they, look at where they are in the league. No, but that midfield hasn't been jamming, though. That's not the midfield that's been playing this season. Look, today it was Mendy and, and, and Tillemans and... You know, indeed, he's been MIA, so has Matters, and and then you know the whole had spells on the sidelines. So, but it almost okay. feels, but it almost feels like you need to have somebody which is willing to even play in the midfield too, alongside Ndidi, and that's what Tielemans kinda does. Even though we know that he's an attacking player, but then he doesn't really strike you as okay. Matters can actually go all the way and play on the wing. Coutinho can go all the way and play because that's how attacking they, they are. are. Yeah, you know. Tillemans plays in midfield too with De Bruyne, just you know sitting next to him sometimes. So, you know, I think yeah, that's that's what we're just trying to get out that you know, you're you're like they're more like ten slash eight rather than eight slash six because Tillemans can be an eight slash six sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but you know that that is um the alternative eleven that we've actually cooked up and yeah I think it's actually a pretty solid team. So, unless there's anything else, uh, that's the episode for this week. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be back in, uh, you know, before you know it.